Super Talk Mississippi media production. What is Moondog? Moondog Makers and Bakers is not just a catering company. It's blended tradition with innovation and something familiar just done differently. To get a taste of what they're truly all about, you can order some awesome merch, crafted spice blends, or request catering for your very own event. MoondogMakersandBakers.com. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi minute. The kicker and punter in pro football, to me, should be receiving checks equivalent to, say, the blindside tackle, the number one wide receiver. Get where I'm going? Think about it. The value to a team to pin opponents deep in their own territory consistently or put crucial points on the board after a stalled drive. And when you can do both, oh, along with mastering the knuckleball, like my guest today in a Mississippi Minute did so efficiently, then you have my kind of MVP. Please welcome multiple pro bowler, one of the greatest of all time at these skills, a guy that sports not only a college football national championship ring, but also a Super Bowl ring to boot, my old golf pal Craig Hendrick. Stevie, how you doing, buddy? I I can't wait to dive into uh, my retired NFL uh, footballer (laughs) and see what you do during the day. Uh, I'm trying to picture it. You know, is it is it well, wake you, up? You don't have to think too. You don't have to think much. <laughs> I just <laughs> I, I I often think about you uh, waking up. So I'm going to predict. I'm, I'm, here's what I'm thinking. All right, and I'm probably going to be miles off, but I have to do this. I, I'm hoping that you wake up and you have tea, coffee, or a smoothie or whatever the heck, and then you watch about four hours worth of soap operas. And you go hit. <laughs> you get. You go hit balls. And then you, I mean, you know, you're laying on the beanbag playing Xbox most of the day, playing, you know, the old Craig Hendrick having you kick and punt. So tell me that I'm closer or am I miles off? Well, it wouldn't be Xbox. It would be Tech Mobile because I'm an old guy. <laughs> Tech Mobile. <laughs> no, <laughs> no it's um, not even close. Come on now. I know. So after I, after I retired football, I, I tried the, the coaching thing, um, tried to, to do the kicking camps and things like that. And um, that just wasn't for me. I enjoy the kids. I enjoyed teaching them. Um, but, you know, standing on a 130-degree field for six or eight hours is not my thing. Right. Um, and so I, I kind of shut that down and, and really got interested in, in doing woodworking, of all things. Um, so from, like, 2000, 2012 till um, really December of this past year, um, I really tried to learn everything I could about woodworking and how to build furniture and, and uh, doing the antique picking thing like uh, American Pickers. And really? I really, really enjoyed doing that. So that's what I've been doing. Um, I, I quit the, uh, the antiquing furniture business back in uh, December. Uh, my body was barking at me. So um, I decided to, to, to re-retire. So 
that means I'm doubly tired. So you're doing now what I said in the beginning. Now, now you are eating the, you know, the Lucky well, Charms. Yeah. In the morning, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I'm chasing kids around. My my youngest uh, Nate is nine, trying to get him to to love golf like I do. I'm thinking Rosie Greer. When it Rosie Greer that knitted or or did needlepoint or whatever, and you did woodworking. It's interesting how you. Well, you know, yeah, of, all, of all things, you'd never think because you know when we're playing, we don't we're not allowed to do that. We we can't play with power tools. We can't do hang gliding and rock climbing and all that stuff that <laughs> is in our contract. Because if we get hurt, then you know, we're, we're basically screwed. So, what I mean? Where did that come from? Did your dad do it? Well, my dad um, built our house, and so he he was really um, good at that stuff. He's kind of a jack of all trades kind of guy. And, um, but we could we never were allowed to do it because mom mom said no. So um, <laughs> after. After I got uh, done with balling, we actually um, built a house here in, in Nashville area. And I was really interested in watching the, the carpenters when they came through and, and uh, the things they were able to build out of nothing. And, uh, and my imagination started flying. And you know, when we got done with the house, we had a, a gentleman come in and, and do a lot of. Our house was very uh, kind of eclectic, where you know we we use things from a from a flea market and turn them into something totally different kind of thing, kind of like the American ticket guys. Yeah, do. I love it. And so that's that's kind of like what our house um, is like. And so I, I watched this gentleman come in and, um, you know, make desks out of old lockers and things like that for my son. And, and I was like, I, I saw my wife writing the checks to him. I'm like, well, I can do this. <laughs> so <laughs> I decided to teach myself how to do that. And so um, that's, that's where it started. I went, I went to the, actually went to the pawn shop and bought my first um, simple tools and, and just kind of taught myself. So we're talking to Craig Hendrick, a former Notre Dame kicker and punter, the Green Bay Packers, the Tennessee Titans, uh, a guy that I spent a lot of time on the golf course, a lot of time at Waffle House, uh, and just times <laughs> being together. All right, I want to talk about your son, Nate. Does he have the power that you had for all those years? And I know you're, you're, you've had neck surgery. And I know your body's taken a beating from snapping punts after punt after punt. But talk to me about Nate. Does he have that thing, that uh, that extra go, uh, hits it a mile? The biggest thing for me is I want to teach him the golf etiquette part of it and how to play fast and how to and just how to have fun. And I don't want to be a I don't want him to be a robot um, like a lot of these young yeah. kids are now. Where yeah. all I do is do lessons and hit ball after ball after ball. I want him to have fun with it. Um, I just really enjoy it like that and be the Sunday hacker like that. Yeah, whatever. So the Sunday hacker that Craig is, he's won the Cadillac. He came home with the Cadillac. Uh, and uh, I remember Del Greco not being happy about it. Uh, it at one point. Well, Del Greco will get over it. Yeah. <laughs> so Aldo Greco was one of the best celebrity golfers, athlete, whatever there was. Him and Roden. I think there was Jack Wagner, you know, from the music acting business that was really good back in that time. And all of a sudden, you came home with the cha- Cadillac Championship and the new Cadillac. <laughs> well, I had a good day. It was one of those days. <laughs> they all went in. I love it. So so for my listeners out here, I'm talking to Craig Hendrick, uh, pro, multiple pro bowler, et cetera, et cetera, great kicker and punter. Um, so when I would play golf with Craig, it was I was in a different zip code. So I would be way behind, and we'd play this one golf course called uh, Nashville Golf and Athletic, and Craig would like to play it from the tips. At that point, it was probably, what, 77, 800 yards, right, Craig? Wasn't it it's deep? Seven, it's about 75, I think, or something, 75 or 76. It was a long course. I mean, it was like, it was so painful for me, and you were like, everything was, it was, you, it was so short for you. I, mean, I want to start talking about power 
and and where it comes from and how you're able i mean, I mean is it scientific to you is it mathematical when you're punting uh, a football versus when you're playing golf is, is there something that was just so natural for you growing up or or, or do you have sort of a, a a belief in some sort of method no i think um a lot of it's natural but going through so many years uh, of what I did, I, I was able to kind of figure out um, why I was able to kick the ball far, why I was able to hit the ball, the golf ball far. And, um, a lot of it has to do with leverage. And I was always able to um, have good balance growing up. And so I was able to use my <clears throat> my legs a lot, hitting the golf ball, and my body a lot, punting footballs. And a lot of people, when you um, punt or kick footballs, they think it's only your leg and it's really your whole body that's kicking a ball. And so I was able to really, um, I've got to really, um, you know, I've got to break something down in my mind and figure it out. That's just the way my mind works. And so um, over the years, I was able just to kind of figure it out. I've been witness to uh, your practice, the way you guys, you and I practiced uh, in football. It was like, uh, I think Waffle House was the most difficult thing, ordering, watching out. That was tough. Yeah, I Al, feel sorry for the waitress in the, in the, in the waffle house. <laughs> Remember, Al, Al would order a waffle before. He needed an appetizer and then another waffle oh, well, after, right? <laughs> it, it, was always, it was always Thursday morning, too. It was. Thursday morning was a huge day for Al and I because Thursday morning was NFL weigh-in day. Uh. So we had, to, we had to weigh a certain weight. So Al and I would have to starve ourselves all day Wednesday to make our weight. <laughs> And then we would just gorge on Thursday morning after we weighed in. So that's why I'll have the appetizer, uh, the, on, the entree, and the dessert. Yeah, the yeah. I was witness to the <laughs> to the uh, obliteration of the Waffle House. I'm Steve Azar. We're with great Craig Hendrick, former NFLer, Pro Bowler, All-American, college, everything. We're going to be right back here in the Mississippi Minute. About to unfold. Hey folks, in the market for new pillows, I'd like to tell you about who I believe strongly is the best pillow manufacturer made right here in the USA. My friends at Beds by Design and their amazing Omni Pillow. The Omni Pillow is made with a copper infused fabric and they use high quality fabric. The copper has been known to be antifungal, antibacterial, and good for the skin. The OmniFlow is the foam in the inside. Designed by their veteran team, the OmniFlow is a -a one-of-a-kind product that is unlike any other material. It is a patent material that adjusts as the weight is applied. They combine that with responsive temperature control that regulates your body temperature as you sleep. OmniPillow has a 100-day return policy. And listen to this. They'll donate a pillow to someone in need every time you purchase one. Their goal? To give away 1 million pillows. It also comes with a stress cube that sells for 10 bucks. Give yourself a much-deserved life's rest. Go to OmniPillow.com. That's OmniPillow.com. Enter promo code Steve Azar and receive 20% off with free shipping. You won't regret it. Thanks, guys. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I hope it's not too late. I'm Steve Azar. We are with Craig Hendrick, who spent a lot of his time uh, beating the stew out of a football, rather kicking off, which he was always the long, he was always the kicker. Uh, In my time getting to know Craig, I didn't get to know him while he was at Green Bay, even though I was there when they won the uh, Super Bowl that whole year. I was on the sidelines a lot. I don't think you and I met yet, Craig. Did did we meet? No, but you sang the anthem before a game, didn't you? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I sang the anthem a lot there, but I did, I did that year, I did it once. 
But I don't, you know, I remember Jimmy Mac McMahon doing drop kicks at practice. I mean, at the pregame. And I remember watching you punt and kick off. Um, you weren't kicking field goals for the Packers. You were kicking off and doing long field goals and doing punting, right? I was doing kickoff. Uh, so far, so long ago, I can't remember. Yeah, hey, can um, get so, that brain. Yeah, up. I did uh, long, long field goals and kickoffs and punts for the Packers. Right. Uh, and then when I got here in Tennessee, I was able to do the same thing. Basically, and you, the, all the all the kickoffs and, and long field goals for Al. Okay, and you held also for Al. And the, did, right. you, did you hold right. for the Packers as well? I did. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to talk about it. I held for. Yeah, that's right. I held for in the Packers was um, was Chris Jackie and Ryan Longwell, who uh, both ended up being awesome kickers. Yeah, well, you are. Yeah, well, they were around an awesome kicker. You probably so when you were getting the ball and receiving the ball and setting it down, you were going like, "I'm going to take your job if you don't if you don't freaking make this." I got you set up. <laughs> all I had to do was all I had to do was flip the laces backwards, and I got the job anyway. <laughs> so I had all the power. <laughs> all right, all right, okay, so look, I want to go back in time. You grew up. Uh, you were born in Illinois, right? But you grew up in St. Louis. I grew up in Illinois, but right on the border of, uh, you know, the Missouri line. So you played ball, though, high school ball in St. Louis, right? In, in Illinois. Oh, you did in Illinois. Okay. All right. So this in is, Illinois, a, yeah. I'm always, one, I always miss one or two things, and my, my listeners love it when I, where's, where's he? Good. Where is he going to get his facts <laughs> wrong? Okay. So, so let's go back to high school. So you were a quarterback, right? And Quarterback and safety. And safety, and you punted and kicked, obviously. So let's talk about I want to go back further. Punt, pass, and kick. Did you ever do oh, it? Oh, gosh. I, I did it for a lot of years. In fact, um, uh, I did fairly well on it when I was um, six years old, I believe. I uh, <laughs> was able to. And this was, this was like kind of a, as I look back, kind of a defining moment in kind of my kicking career. Um, looking back, I was in a, like a regional or a sectional final of this punt, pass, and kick thing. And if I won this thing, I got to kick at halftime of the St. Louis Cardinal football game. Wow. That's when they still play in the old Bush Stadium. Mm-hmm. And so I hit a great punt. Uh, I, hit a, I threw a great pass, and so I was like all fired up. I just like totally shanked the kickoff. Wow. And I lost this thing by six inches. No. Six years old. That's like crushing. I was a crushed man. <laughs> <laughs> and so I missed going to kick at halftime of a Carter game by six inches. So oh, man. From that point on, I can look back and say, you know what? That really, really, like, broke me hard yeah. when I was six years old. So that I kind of <laughs> just, like, decided that then I was going to be good at it. Okay, so you go, you play high school quarterback and safety, and you're doing all that. Uh, so Notre Dame comes calling, right? This is, uh, was it 88 when you went to Notre 89, Dame? 89 was my first time. To 93. Okay. All right, so you went as a kicker and punter. You didn't go as a quarterback. Right, but they would always stick us. You know, they, they didn't like to see the kickers doing nothing. Back yeah, there in practice, I've seen the kickers do me. nothing. Anyway, go ahead. They, oh, me too. They, <laughs> they stuck me at cornerback trying to – I'm like, what are y'all doing? So during training camp, I had to play cornerback against all these guys who ran like four threes and four fours, like Rocket SML was on that team. And it's like, really? So um, I guess that was to humble us. I don't know. Started four years, and did you kick off, punt, and do field goals? I did all four for four years, yes. And you were a high school All-American coming out not as a quarterback, but as a kicker and punter? Right, as a, as a kicker, actually. Okay, so where did the – so you go to Notre Dame, did you, but, and you're, you're going as a kicker. So did you just win the punting job at some point, or did, was there somebody there, or did you go in doing both out the box? Well, there was um, – our first game, that's kind of my, my story that I like to tell about my, my Lou Holtz story. Um, 
I'm we ready. were my very first game uh, was it was the kickoff classic in, in the Meadowlands, which is which holds what seventy five thousand people or whatever. Right. So my high my high school like my my whole high school was three hundred people. So <laughs> the most I'd ever played in front of was like I don't know a couple thousand people maybe. Yeah. Um, and so I get to this and I'm just like, oh my gosh, you got to be kidding me. Do, do I belong here? Was, was that feeling? Going into the game, I wasn't doing anything. I was just supposed to be watching. Um, and so we had a kicker there. His name was Billy Hackett. And we had a punter, Jim Sexton was his name. And these guys are supposed to be kicking during the game. And so um, about the middle of the first quarter, um, our kicker misses an extra point. And so from the sideline, I hear, Greg. I'm thinking that's not my name, so I'm not going <laughs> to respond. So I hear he's yelling at people looking for Greg. I'm like, who in the heck is Greg? <laughs> and he looks at me and he and he says, "Get your ass up!" <laughs> so I go up there and I'm of course I had a big. Uh, I'm, I've changed my drawers already at that point. <laughs> um, he says, "He says you're kicking." I'm like, "Oh no!" So my I'm like instantly. I I can feel my face turn flush. <laughs> my knees got weak. My kneecaps were shaking up and down. Yeah. So the very first, the very first opportunity that I had, our offense stalls at like the 35 yard line or something, and he I hear Greg again. Greg. Greg from the side. I just yelling. And he he, he comes up to me and he's, I said yes sir. I said he goes can you make this one? Well, what am I supposed to say yeah. right? Yeah. No. Um, no pun it. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I can make it. So I go out there and I miss it. I miss it to, I miss it to the left. And as I turn to go to the sideline, this is on national TV. All my buddies, friends, ex-teammates are watching. It's, it's like, I'm like, yeah. Anyway, it was that kind of thing. Yeah. I turn to go to the sideline, and halfway between the sideline and the numbers on the field, I see a little hole sprinting at me. I'm like, oh, great. So he grabs me by the face mask, drags me to the sideline, whips my head around in front of him, and he says, he says don't you ever lie to me again. <laughs> he said, if you ever lie to me again, you're never kicking at the University of Notre Dame ever again. to the side. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that was very much fun. <laughs> so later on that game, I'm just like, hi. Right? Yeah. 15-yard line, our offense stalls in the fourth quarter, and I hear Greg again. Greg, where are you? Can you make this one? And I wanted so bad to say, punt it. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, I, I can make this one. So I went out and I made the field goal and I kicked for the next four years. But if I had missed that, if you were done. He was a man of his word. I was done. Yeah, he wouldn't so have that done right it. there was the most important kick in my life. <laughs> I, love I love it. So what was it like to play for Lou Holtz, you know, for that during that period? And and, and also yeah, I want to get was, to the national championship, but let's talk about what it was like to play for a great coach like that. He was the kind of coach that you don't necessarily like to play for at the time, but you uh, appreciate very much when you're done uh, because he makes you into a man real quick. Yeah. And he humbles you and he brings you back down to earth. And it's something I think that I'm not sure if a lot of coaches do that anymore. Um, uh, it's just uh, he was he next to my dad next to my parents he was probably one of the biggest influences of my life. Do, have you stayed in touch with him through the years? You know the the funny thing I saw him uh, a few years ago of all places um, I got a chance to go play Augusta National uh, Golf Course and I was whatever Del Greco and I just were stop the, it, were in there but, eating lunch. Oh Del Greco and you but no Steve Azar and yeah. Larry Stewart. Isn't that interesting how yeah. how things change? Yeah, yeah right. 
Yeah, go ahead. Um, so we, I was in there eating lunch, and I look over, and Luke Holtz is sitting at the table next to me. And guess what he says to me? Greg. <laughs> Greg, how you doing? <laughs> oh, God, I love it. I love it. We're not talking to Greg. We're talking to Craig Hendrick. Well, I, I didn't care what it was. At least it was something close to me. It wasn't something bad. So. All right, let's talk about you know. Augusta. How'd you, would you, did you beat Al that day? What happened? What did me some scores? You no, know, I don't remember what. I don't remember what Al shot. He probably won. Um, but I, I think my my best score there, I think I got to play three or four rounds there, but uh, my best score there was a 77. All right, and so where'd you fall I played, to? I played really good. Are the green's just that tough? Sloped? Um, yeah, key to green, it's not that hard of a course. Um, you just have to be in the right section of the green or else you're at least three-putting. Okay, it so, sounds like you played this multiple times, and I didn't get the invite. So I'm, I've been well, invited, believe it or not, but I just hadn't been. Let me tell you what: you don't you don't ask to go, you get invited to go. That's oh, just the way it works. I know, I know, no. I know. Uh, I've been invited a couple but times, it, but uh, it hadn't worked out. I've been I was working, I couldn't do it. You well, know, you know, you got to quit working so you can go play these courses. See? I just want to be you. I just want to be you. And yeah, speaking right. of you, I'm with the great Craig Hendrick. Uh, you're in a Mississippi minute. Craig, you get to play DJ. Now that I know that you've learned to play piano, we're going to talk about about that in your retirement days. But And, you, and your wife, Lisa, is a great songwriter. But let's talk about uh, Mississippi being the birthplace of American music. Uh, no matter where you go, uh, that river you grew up on, uh, this baby is uh, it's it led to to the beginning of it all and uh, popular music and genres etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So play DJ. Do you want to hear a little bit of Faith Hill or Jimmy Buffett? I'm gonna do uh, Jimmy Buffett. All right, I like it. Our Mississippi girl is gonna be upset. We're with Craig Hendrick. I'm Steve Azar. You're <laughs> in Mississippi. Now. Hey folks, if you're tired of being tired because your pillow isn't doing his job at night, give my buddy Chad and his team at OmniPillow a go. OmniPillow has a 100-day return policy, and listen to this. They will donate a pillow to someone in need every time you purchase one. Their goal is to give away 1 million pillows. It also comes with a stress cube that sells for 10 bucks. You'll thank me, I promise. Give yourself a much-deserved life's rest. Go to OmniPillow.com. Enter promo code Steve Azar. That's OmniPillow.com, promo code Steve Azar, and you'll receive 20% off with free shipping. If you ask me, there's no better pillow on the planet. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. We are with former high school All-American, former college All-American, right? Did we make um, All-American in college? I, I don't even know. I don't think so, but I, I'm not All right, sure. I'm going to go with it. I'm going with it. And former you pro bowler, two-time pro bowler, right? Uh, Craig Hendrick, kicker, punter. Okay, here's what I want to I dig into. So Craig had this specialty ball that he would kick, and he's broken the fingers of uh, the orthopedic surgeon for the Titans trying to catch it. He uh, broke Larry Stewart from Restless Heart's glasses, I remember. And Larry was a heck of an athlete. He uh, almost took my face off. So to, to be on the receiving end, if you can catch it, of a knuckleball, 
Craig, what I mean, you're the only guy that ever did this at this time, right? I mean, I don't know who's, if somebody's doing it now, but you were the guy. Well, the knuckleball actually came uh, in Green Bay. When, of course, I'm back to the back to the mind thing. I, I used to love to figure things out. Um, and so one year I had like uh, 20 touchbacks or something, which is horrible as a punter in the NFL. And so in the off season, I was tired of getting my, my rear end chewed out by Coach Holmgren for kicking touchbacks, so I tried to figure out a way to control my distance better. Also, to kind of make the boring pooch punt, which was just a little baby punt, fair catch every time, a little bit more exciting. So I was messing around with the ball one day at practice. I tried to move it certain ways and turn it certain ways and, and try to figure out a way to, to get the spiral off the ball. And I turned it one way, which is was basically exactly opposite of every normal punt I would hit. And I kicked it, and the ball went up, and it had no spin on it. And the guy that was out there... Um, hunt with me and catching balls for me dropped it so of course a light bulb went off in my head well if i can perfect a punt like this the boring pooch punt might be a little bit more exciting and so uh, for the whole off season I, I worked on this thing every single day and tried to figure out you know, how to do it better and so I, I figured out a way how to hold it and how to kick it and just the way to turn it and the way to match my foot up to the ball to take all the spin off and, and um and when I, I used it in the preseason game, that next preseason, and um, the guy caught it, but he juggled it. Yeah. And our special teams coach, who was Nolan Cromwell at the time, a great safety for the Rams, was like, we're doing that a lot. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> but this punt was only good from a certain distance because you couldn't kick it very far. And so in pregame, I would always tell the coach, why well, I think I can do the, the knuckleball from this distance going this way. And so they would keep that in mind. But um, a lot of times they got they got really greedy with it, and they wanted me to kick it further and further back. I could kick it maybe 35 yards, maybe 40 yards if I'm downwind. And we got several fumbles and several extra Are you kidding me? possessions because of it. So I saw it. I was I mean, fun, I was... It was fun watching people try to catch it. Yeah. Um, especially people who aren't used to catching punts because there's there's many times where they wouldn't even touch the ball. Like, oh, it would move at the last I mean, second. Yeah. And they would miss it by three or four yards. And, like, it was it was really funny. So we had a lot of fun with that punt over the years. And talking to you now and just figuring out, you're sort of like the, the Phil Mickelson of, of football – that you he dissects things and figures things out. I love I love how you were able to toy and just FYI, you had plenty of dang time to toy with it because I've seen you guys at practice and I I did we we did we we did we caught up on politics we solved <laughs> a lot of the world's problems during practice. <laughs> you also played football <laughs> golf, uh, and uh, you know, and then you go play golf. And I just I just loved y'all's practice routine because Larry and I got to uh, we got to you know be there a few times and and just just be out there and watching. Let's talk about game balls. Did Fisher ever give you game balls, or, or do we need to go hunt him down right now? Yeah, no, we I got game balls, but um, you know everybody got game balls. Every every win, somebody got a game. Is that ball. a participation so trophy? I'm not talking about that. I'm exactly. talking about the game ball. Yeah, we got the yeah we got the thanks for coming trophy and um, <laughs> one of those kind, but. Um, yeah, we, I mean, I got a few game balls, and um, but it was it was a special teams game ball, an offensive game ball, and a defensive game ball. So okay. if I'd have a good game, I'd, I'd usually get a, a ball. So yeah. do you remember that? Do you remember that it was late in the game against Jack? I think y'all were on the road, um, and it was back when Jacksonville and the Titans were really y'all were pretty neck and neck. Uh, y'all had become basically a dynasty without winning a Super Bowl. I mean, y'all that football yeah. team was special, yeah. right? That was a great team, and you know the. The funny thing about that year, I think you're talking about the same year, is that 
Jacksonville went, I think, four, 13 and three or 14 and three or something um, that year. And the three losses were all to us. Yeah, that's right. I do remember that. That's right, because y'all beat them in the regular season twice, and then we, we were all worried. regular season twice, yeah. and then in the championship game to go to the Super Bowl. Okay, so I'm going to talk about – Go. I want to go back to Notre Dame. I want to tell me, is there a consistency? So winning a national championship, right? You had Tony Rice as your quarterback, right? And then Yeah, that was the year before I got there. Oh, wait, did you didn't win a national won championship. A national championship. No, oh, won. so there's my second blunder of the day. For some reason, I kept thinking you won that with – okay, forget it. So my intro was all screwed up, but that's all right. I, you deserve it. I'm just going to give you the extra ring. I, I, I felt like – interesting <laughs> you didn't interrupt me. Um, so, okay, so let's let's remove – the the extra ring, I never saw it anyway. And I know that when you won your Super Bowl ring, it was probably in the closet somewhere, and you were just playing with the box, like you had stuff in the box. It definitely is in the closet, yes. <laughs> Hello. We're talking to Craig <laughs> Hendrick. So, Craig, uh, the, was there a common thread between a great college football team, high school football team, and to be on a great pro team like the Packers, win the Super Bowl, and, and then have uh, your opportunities – you know, so many opportunities with the Titans. Once you guys got – you had a real home field rather than going bouncing back from Liberty Bowl to, uh, to, uh, to the mm-hmm. Vanderbilt Stadium. Uh, and when you finally got y'all's feet in your stadium, you guys just took off. Okay, so was there – was it a coach? Was it a quarterback? Was it, was it the personnel on the team? I mean, do you, do you ever look back and go, oh, that's the reason or that was a big reason why all those teams oh, were successful? No- no question I look back. And I, 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 there's a definitely a common thread between all the great teams I've ever been on. And uh, it's not necessarily that you got the most talent or you got the best players in the league. Or it's just that you guys play hard for each other. And during those years, and I know you, you would hang around with us a lot during those years, we had a lot of fun and we cared about each other and we played hard for each other. We respected our coach. Um, there was no me guys on the team. Even superstars like Eddie George and Steve McNair didn't see themselves as superstars. They saw themselves as another part of the team that needed to play well to win a game. Yeah. And it just doesn't happen like that anymore for some reason. Everybody's kind of seems to be a little bit more out for the me thing. And, um, but that's definitely a common thing that we had, um, through all those great early years here in Tennessee. Okay. So I want to, so plan for, uh, with Favre, a Mississippi quarterback, let's just get, let's just make, let's, let's just go ahead and, Say it for what it is. Your your heyday in the NFL, you had a Mississippi quarterback named Brett Favre and a Mississippi quarterback named Steve Aaron McNair. Steve McNair. Is there a little right. bit of so – what's going on here? And besides being the uh, the birthplace of American music, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if we're the birthplace of the American quarterback. You're not proud of Mississippi, are you? Yeah, man. It's where it all began. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. Those are two of the, those are two of the most awesome guys you'll ever meet in your life um, in different ways, too. And, you know, Brett was um, kind of the guy you, you don't you didn't turn your back on because he was going to play a practical joke on you <laughs> and kept the locker room loose and uh, we just had fun. I mean, it was a fun, fun team. Um, put him and Jim McMahon together and you got in trouble. Um, <laughs> but that's uh, probably why we won the Super Bowl. <laughs> before the game, Jim McMahon was was making everybody laugh and putting on a show and it was it was awesome. Um, and then I come come to Tennessee, and you got kind of the quiet leader in Steve McNair, who uh, led by example on the field. The dude played his rear end off every game, and right. he knew he was going to give everything he had every single game. And so guys rallied around him. But you need those kind of guys on a team to be successful. Right. And, um, and I was very very fortunate to have those two guys on my team. 
Your your teams remind me that that you played on. <laughs> I think of Reggie White with Green Bay, and you know I think of I just start thinking about players, you know, and Brett these characters, and then you had them at Tennessee with uh, you had the freak for a moment, you had a uh, Wycheck, and you had mm-hmm. McNair and George and 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 uh, Kevin Carter, and there were all of these personalities. I felt like like you're talking about. I mean, characters that and they, that I always notice <clears throat> that were always very giving. They always were concerned about the community. Uh, you never saw them getting in trouble. And as mm-hmm. you wound up being the only Tennessee Titan left, I, if I remember, recall, you said, I'm the last one left. And the locker room. The so com- you were the last mm-hmm. one, right? Yep. So you're in the locker room and everybody's changed. And you know that you yeah, had that run. Right. What was that like? Well, quite honestly, it was. It was, um, that's kind of what made me, made me retire, quite honestly. And, um, it's, uh, just a different culture of, of people coming in. And, uh, it's just, uh, it just wasn't the same. Um, you know, we had a couple of bad years in Tennessee. We had a couple of four win seasons, but still in those four win seasons, we all, nobody complained. No, of mm-hmm. course, people wanted to win and all that, but, um, it's just, we just had a good time and it, uh, just, that gradually changed a little bit, and I don't know if it was me getting older or anybody else was getting younger. One of the two, right. but uh, it's a kind of a funny story of my my last year in, uh, in the league. Um, this is when I knew it was time to retire. Um, I was walking through the locker room. I was going to go jump in the hot tub to warm up for practice. One of the rookies looked at me and he goes, "Hey, coach, what time's practice?" <laughs> <laughs> So that's when I kind of knew. So we're with Craig Hendrick. I'm Steve Azar. <laughs> You're in the Mississippi now. Swimming with you, waiting here, shivering, cause I don't know whether I'm singing or swimming with you. If it's gonna be forever, where the words of a better, I'm singing or swimming with you. In a Mississippi minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. We are with Craig Hendrick, kicker, punter. You guys spent more time. You spent more time holding the ball for Al or whatever, hitting long, kicking long field goals. You guys were on the field a lot, y'all. It was crucial because we we just didn't seem to be able to punch it in a lot. And I remember Al going through a funk, and and you know we were all going through funks together at Waffle House. It was depressing. I I, I interviewed Larry Stewart, and we <laughs> talked about this. So I don't want to bore our listeners, but we were all basically in hell, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and we were just like these four miserable people holding each other up because we we're all going through some uh, personal problems. But we felt good. We felt good with a couple of waffles in our gut. Are you kidding we? me? Oh my gosh, I loved it so much. I miss it. We're talking to Craig Hendrick. Okay, Craig, I I got to go back and talk about this one story. I love this. I was, I was next to your dad, and I, we probably had Strack with me. Uh, we were at the game. We were sitting in the in you know the the family area, and uh, and your dad. We were looking at you, and you had told us we, we had some quarterback injuries. You were always like the third or fourth string quarterback. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you hadn't played quarterback since high school, <laughs> and and I remember you telling me. So we're watching on the sidelines, and and the backup. So the backup quarterback's out. You're the third on the depth chart, right? And then the backup quarterback mm-hmm. starts to get a little <laughs> woozy, and. Getting blown up. We think you're throwing up on the sidelines. I hope it's just a throw up. Yeah. <laughs> and and so they said that you I remember you telling me the coach was gonna 
run these plays. And he says, man, I'm just going to hand the ball off or whatever you said. I, I remember you just sort of going and watching that instance. So think about that. Think about, did you, did you ever take snaps as quarterback? In practice, I did once in a while when guys you know, were injured or whatever. But you know, the, the, the game I remember being the closest to going in was we were in Arizona and uh, McNair had got blasted or whatever. And Billy Volek was the backup. They, they blindside blitzed him on the first play. And they, I mean, just ear-holed him. I'm not sure how he got up. Then they blew his helmet off. And so as soon as he got hit that first time, here come the here come the equipment guys. They're like, "We need your helmet. We got we got to put the microphones in because you might be going in a quarterback." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> I love it. So I, I called in sick that day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. We're talking to Craig Hendrick, who did call in sick, and that was wise of him. Uh, I want to go into, uh, but I think that just shows. Uh, it pays tribute to the athlete that you truly were in all those days and still are. But you did suffer uh, some neck issues. And we, I was around when you were having your surgery and all that. And just how how does it feel now? Uh, are you able to turn? I remember you, you were t- having like almost like it looked like you had a pinched nerve trying to turn. Are you able to – are you having to do physical therapy or is it just it's what it is or is it getting better? No, it, it, at this point it kind of is what it is. I've got um, a couple levels to use in my neck. and um, But it's it's part of the job. And, you know, going into your things are going to happen and – all right. So, what about concussions? There, just watching this and watching your friends and everything, what y'all have gone through, and what and how they're really paying. I saw I saw a thing where Brett said that I think he, that they had him listed as maybe two or three concussions uh, with the protocol that everything that went down and how they evaluated it back then. But as far as seeing stars, he saw it over a thousand times. So, as far as kids now playing, I mean, where do you see football? Uh, and contact, and, and what do you think the remedy is uh, for the concussion issue? I don't quite know if there is a remedy, quite honestly, unless somebody can come up with some sort of um, crazy helmet that's able to, to stabilize the, the head. But I don't know uh, enough about it, quite honestly, to, to give you a great answer. But I guys aren't getting any smaller, not getting any slower. It's right. the opposite. Guys are getting bigger and faster. They're starting younger. Um, there's The collisions are greater. Um, all these rule changes they've made as far as like the kickoffs this year and things like that. I don't necessarily going to think it's helped because in three steps these guys are at full speed anyway. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure how they're going to how they're going to do this. You know, some of the guys I play with really struggle with this concussion thing, and they you look at guys like Junior Seau and were great great players in the league, and um, you know the concussions right. pretty much into their lives, and right. um, that's that's what you that's what you scares you about the guys you play with. Right, we're talking to Craig Hendrick. Craig, before we go, uh, so what about your kids? Are you are you, are you the, your boys? You keeping them from? I know Abby. Uh, first of all, I do want to catch up with Abby what she's doing. But what about Nate? What about your boys? What uh, do you want them to play football? Or are you going to steer them away, and make them play yeah, basketball? Yeah, my, my my oldest boy Sam is uh, twelve. He'll be going um, to a school this year and is going to be playing tackle football for the first time. Okay. So we've we've played flag. I've coached his flag team for several years, um, and think we're going to transition him into um, big boy football now and um, I think he'll do fine he's, he's a big kid and um, I think the biggest thing I think that can help these kids is learning how to tackle um, the right way and of course you're going to have collisions and you're going to get hit mm-hmm. but you know if you can if you can save one bad tackle um, just by knowing how to do it the right way and not get a concussion it's going to help you obviously so we're putting him in some camps to teach him how to tackle. I think that's the key, and um, just hope he has fun with it. Um, right. 
youngest boy's really into the soccer thing and really into the golf thing, like I said, but he's going to be my kicker. Uh, I love he's it. got the leg on him, and um, of course, my oldest, Abby, who's 18, yeah, uh, no. is getting ready to go to Auburn this year. So Is she playing sports um, in college? She's not. She did competitive cheerleading in high school, and I think she got her fill of uh, fill all that, so she's going to be a student. So I love it. Um, we're, yeah, we're, we're excited for her. And you're and you're just hanging out in your underwear, uh, playing what, what was it? Not Xbox, but some foreign game that nobody knows. Well, our listeners will know. Yeah, Tech Mobile. Tech Mobile. Yeah. <laughs> I can't thank you enough. Tell Lisa uh, we miss her, and we got to see you guys soon. We've been with Craig Hendrick, uh, an amazing uh, kicker and punter throughout his career. Uh, was about as good as it got, and he's an old friend of mine. He's been in a Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar. We are out. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.